I used to be deathly afraid of intellectually disabled folks. And so before I go any further into the story, let me just say, intellectually disabled is the politically correct term. If you know me, I'm not a big political correctness guy. So you might hear the R word slip a couple times here. And I've got a couple issues with the term intellectually disabled to begin with. First of all, how many fucking syllables are in intellectually disabled? That's going to take a lifetime for me to get through the story if I have to keep saying that. Second of all, how much of a smug bitch do you sound like when you say intellectually disabled? Oh, hey, Timmy. Hey, Timmy. Pat Timmy on the head. It's okay, Timmy. You're, you're, like, you're what we like to call intellectually disabled. And I know you don't understand either of those words, but let me explain it to you. You see, Timmy, I'm an intellectual and you are intellectually disabled. So you'll never understand quite what any of these words I'm saying are. You sound like an uppity fucking cunt. So sorry, Timmy, you're retarded. Let's just move on. So it all started when I was a kid and I must've been I want to say somewhere between the ages of 10 and 13. And so my parents were divorced at the time. Uh, well, they're still divorced. It's not like they've gotten back together, but they were divorced back then too. And they, uh, my dad wasn't living with me. I was living with my mom. And so my mom was a bartender and bartenders make all of their cash on Saturday night. And so she would work late nights at a bar in Washington, little Washington, PA, and that's, you know, an hour hike. So if the bar closes at two, you clean up, you're out of there by two 30. Sometimes she wasn't home till three 30 and there was no way she was letting 10 year old to 12 year old Evan hang out at home by himself until three 30 AM. Cause you know, you know what kind of trouble I'd get in, right? Am I right there boys? Anyway, so my, I had to stay with my aunt and uncle, my aunt and uncle, they would take me to church sometimes. Now, I'm not very familiar with church even nowadays, although I have a newfound appreciation for it, uh, but I didn't grow up with CCD or uh, Sunday school or any of that stuff. So I didn't know the customs and traditions. You go in, you sing the hymns, you take a knee, you get up off your knee, you sit down and pray, you stand up and pray, you sing the song on page Matthews 58, 75, and then you flip back to Leviticus 15, 4 and Ephesians. And I didn't know any of that shit. So we get to the part where you have to greet your, the people standing around you. So I don't know what it's called. I still don't know what it's called to this day. And, uh, it's like, Hey, you know, stand up and greet all the people around you. Okay, cool. And I'd done it, you know, two or three times. So I was familiar with it. And, uh, I go to shake the person's hand to my left. Hey, nice to meet you. My name's Evan. I'm 12. And uh, meet the person in front of me. Hey, you know, how you doing? My name's Evan. I'm 12. And I'm in church. And then I turn around. And there's a guy there who is intellectually disabled, as you uppity cunts like to call them. Um, but he's cool. You know, I'm down with him. Like, you know, he's he's a cool dude. And he goes and he goes to shake my hand. And I said, nice, let's meet each other. And he says, you know, I'm Jimmy. Cool, Jimmy. Nice to meet you. Jimmy then goes in for a hug. I'm like, hmm, you know, Jimmy, hey, 
whatever. We're in church. I'm feeling good. I'm f- the power of Christ is compelling me to be a loving person. I'll embrace you, Jimmy. No big problem. Except there was a problem. Because the second that I go in to embrace Jimmy with a hug, Jimmy puts his face on my face and begins kissing me. And this was a deep, passionate, retarded kiss that he was giving me. And this went on for quite a while because, first of all, I was taken aback. Second of all, I had never kissed anyone in my life. This is the first person I'm kissing. So you think back to in your life when someone says, hey, who's the first person you ever kissed? And they think, oh, man, it was it was Jessica Smith on the beach when we were 16. Or, oh, it was Debbie Gonzalez in the back of my car at the drive-in. Well, for me, it was retarded Jimmy, and I was getting molested in a fucking church on Sunday morning. So thanks, fucking Aunt Karen and Uncle Dave. I really appreciate you guys, like, taking care of me. Um, so this dude's, like, fucking making out with me, and I don't know what to do. I'm fucking scared. The dude is strong as shit. There's a meme out there somewhere about retard strength, and it rings true. And so now I'm like, I don't know what to do until finally Jimmy's parents realize that he's he's molesting me, uh, and they pry him off. That's a fucking traumatic experience. No wonder I'm so screwed up. That's a traumatic thing to have happen. And the thing is, no one ever brought it up after that. It was just like we ignored it. We ignored that. Jimmy's parents ignored it. My aunt and uncle ignored it. I don't even know if my mom knows this story ever happened. So, uh, yeah, kind of fucked up. Kind of gives me a little reason to be a little bit hesitant whenever there's a guy walking down the fucking sidewalk. And I don't know how, uh, you know, volatile his actions might be. Because I thought these, you know, I thought they were just cool dudes. Thought you just wanted a handshake. Oh, handshake turns into a hug. Oh, hugs turns into you making out with me. Thank God your fucking parents stopped you. What was going to happen next? You know, you give a mouse a cookie. That's exactly what happened. So, uh, so I had a little bit of an issue, you know? I had a little bit of an issue with those kind of people for a while, and I just tried to, you know, keep my distance. And uh, it all it all came back to me, came rushing back to me, because, you know, that happened when I was 12, but when I was um, back in college, so, you know, it would have been 10 years later after this incident happened, we're out at the bar one night, we're having a great time, and it's... 130, 145, just before the lights of the bar turn on. And so everyone is at their prettiest because you see, you've got to time it up perfectly if you're an ugly girl. And, you know, and listen, I'm nothing to, I'm nothing to call home about right now, but I had my day. All right. So I, I, I was a catch for some girls in college, but if you're an ugly girl, even if you're an ugly guy, this is a good strategy. Go to the bar, find the drunkest person or get as drunk as possible so you have no shame in your game, and then set an alarm on your phone for 140, 135, maybe even 130, because when bars call last call and they turn the lights on, you might be fucked. And that's a little trick I learned from the girl I took home the night that all of my Fears of retarded people came rushing back to me because I took a girl home, probably didn't know what she looked like, didn't see her, um, don't even really remember us 
engaging in uh, in intimate actions. But I wake up the next day, and the light is shining through my window. And I roll over, and she's face down on the pillow. Now, the girl's got a pretty nice body. I mean, I'm pretty happy with myself. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, I fucking, you know, I didn't do too bad. Like, I'm pretty happy. I'm starting to think, you know, hey, um, do I got a little gas left in the tank here? Because now maybe we'll do something that I can remember. And as I'm thinking that to myself, this girl pulls her face out of the pillow and it made like a peeling sound. You know how when you buy a new iPhone and you've got that cellophane on the the cover of the iPhone and you peel it back and it goes. When she peeled her face out of that pillow, I swear to God, it made that sound. And I was fucking terrified. I think this girl has Down syndrome, I think to myself. This is fucking terrible. I feel like I'm back in church that day with my aunt and uncle. And what's going to happen? Is she going to try to make out with me? I got to fucking get out of this bed. This is fucking awful. All right, relax, relax, relax. She starts talking to me. Turns out she's not retarded. She's just really fucking ugly. All right, cool. We've been down this road before, but I can't get over... Maybe it was, you know, maybe she had allergies or something, but her face was just really puffy and she looked a little downy. And at this point, my number one goal is just fucking get her out of my apartment as fast as possible. So I do what any good man does at that point, And I make up a total lie. She doesn't live anywhere near my apartment at the time. I don't even have a car. To tell you the truth, I have no idea how we got back to my apartment. We probably walked, I guess, but it was a far walk and she's in, you know, bar clothes or whatever. And she doesn't want to take the walk of shame. She probably doesn't want anyone to see her face, to be honest, because if I was her, I wouldn't want anyone to see my face either. She's probably the type of girl that can only be outside at night. And so she knew if she went out in the sunlight, it was going to be a real problem for her. But I got to lie to her. I got to get her out of my apartment. And I say, Hey, listen, um, you know, she rolls over and she looks at me and she goes, you want to get breakfast? No, I'm just kidding. She didn't talk like that. But she says, Hey, um, would you like to get breakfast or, you know, do anything where we can both be seen in the same place at the same time? And I said, uh, you know what? Uh, funny thing. I actually love after a night of insane drinking to the point where I can't remember the person I brought home and had sex with and I'm now terrified of. Uh, I love to wake up and and just go for a jog and, uh, you know, you only have heels here and you don't look like you're ready to get any exercise. So I'm going to just, uh, I'm going to go out for a run and she goes, oh, okay, well, um, you know, I'll, I'll just see you when you get back and then, you know, we'll make breakfast or go to the mess hall and get breakfast. And I said, yeah, but here's the problem though. Um, I'm also going to play a game of pickup football with my friends. And granted, at this point, it's, you know, 6.30, 7 in the morning, because when you drink, or at least when I drink a ton, I wake up so fucking early because my liver is dying. I have fire in my throat. And uh, she goes, you're going to play pickup football with your friends? And I was like, yeah, well, you know, I'm going for a jog. And then we have this us crazy guys, you know, we got this crazy tradition where every day on, you know, what's, what's the date tomorrow? Oh, tomorrow's, um, 
it's going to be uh, March 28th. Yeah, every March 28th, uh, we or I'm sorry, every March 27th, we go and we play uh, pickup football on Sunday at 7 a.m. So what you need to do is get the fuck out of my apartment and never come back. And so she finally leaves, and I feel so relieved because I had this subconscious fear of just the way she looked. And hey, call me a bad person, cancel me, do whatever you want. I can't help it. That's just a story. It's the way I felt. But when she finally left my apartment, I I was like, thank God that, that I got through that and I'll never have to deal with that again because it was a traumatic experience again and it brought back all those negative emotions. That was the first time I hooked up with her. The second time I brought her home was about a year later. And once again, she pulled this trick where she comes out crawling out of the corner at night. We had already had some uh, experience at this point. So I guess drunk me was, you know, ready to take the ride again with the intellectually disabled uh, girl. And for the record, she was not intellectually disabled. She just looked like that. Um, So I take her home again, but this time I'm living with two roommates. See, at that time I was living with one roommate and I didn't know him. So it didn't really matter to me. I didn't care what he saw. And actually, this is a hilarious story. He used to pray to see it all comes full circle here. So we lived in a loft and I lived in the top and he lived in the bottom. And this fucking kid used to fucking scream prayers in the morning as loud as possible. And I think he was trying to exercise my demons because I would come home and I would uh, be drunk as shit at, you know, 2.30 in the morning, uh, would sometimes have some broad with me, sometimes it wouldn't. Sometimes it'd be the girl I was dating, sometimes it wouldn't. And... There'd be guys there. We'd, you know, we'd be dipping into threesomes. We'd be doing all kinds of shit. We'd be basically, you know, satisfying the devil. There'd be drugs. There'd be hardcore music going on. And we'd wake up at, I would wake up Sunday morning to him screaming prayers, screaming prayers saying, Oh Lord, help me satisfy these demons. I swear to God, and he prayed just like that. He was like a black guy. You'd see him in a black church with the fucking awesome chorus and shit. He, I wonder what he's doing now. I wish I could remember his name. I'd look him up. But he would fucking scream that shit Sunday mornings. And I think he was talking about himself out loud, but in reality was praying loud enough so that I knew that I was fucked up and that he was trying to exercise my demons from downstairs. Um point of the story is I didn't really give a shit what he thought. So it didn't matter. But the, that was the first time I hooked up with her. The second time I hooked up with her, I now had two buddies I lived with who I knew and had to see every day and, uh, gave a shit what they thought of me. And one of my buddies had his entire family up for the weekend. And, uh, yeah, old Evan pulled up to his old tricks again. I bring the girl home and, uh, now I wake up and she's in my bed and uh the living room's right outside my door and my buddy's younger brother is sleeping out there and I'm like motherfucker I have to basically 
mission impossible, crawl this bitch out of my house. So now not only do I need to get her out very early and basically usher her out as fast as I can, but I need to do this quietly and not be seen by anyone. Uh, and I open my door, my bedroom door, I take a peek out and lo and behold, my fucking friend's younger brother is sitting there and he was only, I don't know, 14 or 15 at the time he came up to visit us. He, he wasn't drinking. Um, you know, everyone else was drinking. His parents were drinking, blah, 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 but he was still pretty young in high school. So maybe he had like two beers or whatever. And he's fucking sitting there watching ESPN. And I'm thinking, fuck, I got to fucking get her past this dude. What am I going to do? And uh, finally, he he kind of gets up and he goes and he heads into his brother's bedroom for a second. And I jump on the instance to get it, her out of the room. So I kind of like pick her up, peel her face out. And her like, you know, her big puffy eyes are like looking in seven different directions. And I usher her out of my bedroom and I like throw a fucking towel over her head. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, you got to this is fun. It's put a towel over your head day in our house. We do this crazy thing. We're always doing crazy shit. And I usher her out. And uh, my buddy's. My buddy's brother comes out of the bedroom just as he catches kind of the glimpse of the back side of her, which if you remember as a recall earlier in the story, actually didn't look too bad. So I get her down the stairs and because the living room was in the upstairs area near our bedrooms. And, uh, you know, I say, all right, see you later. Uh, there was not a third time with her. And uh, my buddy, my buddy's brother, he's like, yeah, dude, like you fucking killed it last night. Good for you. And uh you know, I never told him. I never told him that I was so embarrassed at the way that girl looked and I was horrified of her face. Um, so if he's listening, now you know your heroes from college are actually total fucking idiots. And uh, I am one of the most fucked up guys possible. Um, I don't know what else I want to talk about on this episode. I think that was a pretty good story there. Uh, I did want to talk about the time... Because speaking of, of ugly chicks, there was another ugly chick that I used to hook up with, but that was when I was in high school. Or no, it wasn't in high It was, I don't know, I, I forget. They, it all blends together. But um, there was a Kenny Chesney concert going on, and she gave me a hand job in the parking lot, basically in front of a bunch of people at a tailgate that I didn't even know. Uh, and I And I came. Can you believe that? Most guys don't even come from a hand job, and I came in front of a bunch of fucking hicks, drunk, cheering her on, and it was an ugly girl giving me a hand job. So I don't know if I should be embarrassed by that or if I should be proud of that or whatever. That that's the whole story. That's not even really that good of a story. Um, so anyway, yeah, it's Friday, Jago Sports Podcast. I hope everybody has a wonderful weekend. Uh, you might have heard Steph, intern Steph. And Joey on the pad on the podcast earlier this week. Big shout out to Steph. He's doing a great job with uh, interning and running the podcast. Not a huge shout out to Joey though, who every time he talked sounded like he was on the other side of the room. So if you notice when I talk, you can hear exactly what I'm saying. It's very crisp. It's very um, wonderful to hear the smooth whisperings of my voice. You're not distracted by any technical issues. Uh, Joey thought that he was better than me or better than the microphone and couldn't lean into the fucking microphone to talk. 
So Joey, if you want to come back on the podcast, let me give you some advice. Talk into the fucking microphone next time because I could hear Steph loud and clear and I couldn't hear you at all. And there's no excuse. You can't say it's your first time because it was like Steph's first time doing the podcast uh, as a producer by himself and being on the show. And Steph is intellectually disabled and uh, he sounded just fine. So please talk into the microphone. Anyone out there, if you ever come on this podcast, talk into the microphone. Um, what else is going on? Next week is the 4th of July. And I could tell some good 4th of July stories. Um, but maybe I'll save those till next week. And they're incriminating too. So I might look into uh, how I can allegedly tell stories that would be a little bit incriminating. Um I don't know. I think that's about it. So I hope you guys have been enjoying the podcast. If you are listening on Apple iTunes podcasts, give us a five-star review and leave a review. That would actually help a lot. That would help this uh, podcast get a little bit more recognition and climb the charts. Um, Go over to jagosports.com, sign up for the mailing list. We didn't actually put out a mailing list this week because I was out of town. I was on a golf trip annual Tynesta golf trip from Monday to Wednesday. And, uh, I just didn't have time to even think about content. I didn't have time to do anything other than just fucking drink and be hungover. That trip is such a shit show. I remember the first year I went, it was so exciting because you go and I could golf. I could golf 40 holes three days in a row and I could drink the entire time, do shots, smoke blunts, don't give a shit, do coke, do crazy shit. But then, uh, now that I'm older and I'm not super old, but I just get sick of golfing and like the hangovers are so much worse now. And I, I don't know. I just need to take it easy. That used to be just like an insane trip. And it still is. There was a guy who is a retired mailman who is in his sixties. He slept on the deck with his shirt off last year. What kind of degenerate asshole do you have to be to do that? somebody that's friends with my dad. Um, and we had to like basically pick him up off of the deck and throw him onto a bed, which it doesn't sound funny. And I can't tell the story in a funny way, but you just have to trust me that it was fucking hilarious because he was just a limp body of a 65 year old guy. That's just been boozing all day. He's laying on the porch and there's so many goddamn bugs up there. You have to If you leave anything outside, you have to basically spray it off with a hose the next day because there's so many bugs and gnats and stuff. And it took three of us to pick up this guy. He's got this big-ass beer gut. He's he's one of the most eccentric guys I've ever met. He actually – the only reason he knows anyone on this golf trip is because he was the mailman. Oh, shit. He was the mailman. Oh, I got to go. I got to go. Someone just texted me and I'm meeting them in 20 minutes. All right. Anyway, go to jagosports.com and I'll see you guys next week. Thanks.